We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Binks, I'm so fortunate to have Fox Sports WWE broadcaster Renee Young, also a Canadian, also my friend, on the show to talk about WrestleMania 36 and what we will see from that in the future. Those cinematic experiences were badass. As well, Renee talks about her spontaneous wedding to John Moxley and what her ultimate goal might be, which is to be Kelly Ripa. We talk about it all over a couple of Negronis. Hey guys, welcome on into Drinks with Banks, WFH, work from home, wasted from home. We know everyone's watching this from their homes because we are all doing our part right now to stay safe in a very unprecedented time. This is our third week doing this and it's sort of just become the norm. It's actually been amazing, obviously, set aside everything else going on in the world. Drinking from home and talking to some of the best people in sports entertainment and around the world is a-okay by me. And today I'm so excited to welcome in a friend of the show. She was on call tonight before we were even on air. She is someone you know from TV, WWE. This is Renee Young. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, three weeks in, I'm super stoked to be in the top three potential guests. <laughs> We've got cocktails, we're working from home. Uh, again, aside from all the craziness that's going on in the world, we're all just trying to make the most of it. Yeah, I know, so we're doing our part. And I find it funny, because this is like what I would do, and maybe you do with your friends already in quarantine. Like, we're just gonna Skype, we're gonna Zoom, we're gonna <laughs> whatever, and have a drink. Like, this yeah. is kind of the best uh, everything. I've, um, I've seen people doing like the board games online too, or like playing different games. I've not gotten into that quite yet, but we've been like FaceTiming family. And, um, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of, um, copious drinking happening. At yeah, home. It's, That's it's, for sure. It's like, okay. So I'm already, obviously I have a show that I drink on. So I, I clearly already have an alcohol problem. So I'm Which like, is a dream by the way. Yeah. What a good gig. I always thought that like Kathy Lee and Hoda had the best gigs. Cause they just, get wine wasted in the afternoon. I'm like, how do I 
didn't get that gig. And you created your own. Well, so you well, thank you. I mean, this is all the brainchild of the head of the network, Pam Duckworth. She came up with this idea, and I didn't even have this in my... People were like, oh, you must have been dreaming this from a young age. I was like, actually not, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I've had too many drinks to know that this should be the show. <laughs> but it is great, and we are, are having a good time with this. You mentioned that... Okay, so you're doing your show from home, WWE Backstage. Yeah. And you guys have a pretty souped-up... Thing going on right like it looks really yeah. good on there no it's crazy i mean it's really impressive to me to be at home we've been using um zoom as well to, i mean most people have been using zoom for their meetings yeah. and whatnot but we started using that to um to stream our show and like do our segments but it's so crazy we have like our director working from like his garage in la we've got i'm in vegas pages in la booker t is out in houston so we've got people from all over that are all just like coming together trying to make it happen so it's, it's really impressive to me to to see the way that production is just sort of creatively finding a way to keep us on air keep us busy keep us pushing out some content i mean our show is still relatively new so it's awesome for us to still be on the air and be able to do something especially during like the height of what's going on with wrestlemania wrestlemania just came off of this past weekend so it's cool that we can still cover all that stuff yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. But it's great also you mentioned, like, the studio shows. Like, we can just connect with everyone all over. Yeah. I think that this will probably influence what goes on afterward, like, in terms Agreed. of just cutting budgets or, like, being able to do things in a different way. Like, could you see that in terms 100%. of... 100%. I, I think not even just from, like, a TV standpoint, but I'm sure there's a ton of people in other um, different areas of work that are like, wait, could I have been working from home this whole yeah. time? I mean, when you think of so many people that, you know, people spend so much time at work, people putting in overtime and trying to go above and beyond. But then, you know, if you've got kids and I hear that super expensive to like put them through school and whatnot, that like if you can stay home and like try to manage things a little bit better. And yeah, for us to be able to do TV from home, I'm like, damn, this is great. It's going to be it's really weird to end this and like go places afterward. Yeah, I mean, I miss, I miss like the, I miss being able to obviously see all of, uh, you know, our co-hosts and guests and whatnot in, in person and being able to go out and have some drinks and some food afterwards. And like, you know, you and I were talking before of like going through hair and makeup and yeah. feeling like uh, you kind of have it together, but now <laughs> I'm left out to my own devices. <laughs> I know. I also want to talk about that in a second, but um, what's something that's like, I know you've been cooking. You've done a yes. lot of stuff on Instagram. You did the boneyard barbecue ribs. <laughs> looked amazing what is something that you've discovered about yourself in quarantine you didn't know before Ooh, that's a good one um i can go a lot longer not washing my hair than i thought there's that i love um, that I, I usually like you know i mean now normally so normally i would do um my show WW backstage on Tuesdays in LA. Then on Fridays I would travel somewhere for SmackDown. So I had two days of the week where I had to like bring myself together. Now I've got one day where I'm wearing <laughs> headphones and like my hair is pulled up. So you can definitely do some like smoke and mirrors uh, with that. But um, I would say that. And also I think I've gotten very good at figuring out what I need from, for the week at the grocery store. Cause normally my husband and I will go to the grocery store like several times a week. We order in X, Y, and Z. So it's a, it's interesting to sort of plan out through the week, what we need, what we actually need when we go to the grocery store. It's just being a little bit more resourceful when we get there and figuring out your timing at the grocery store. Cause you don't want to spend a ton of time going up and down the aisles. You got to know where stuff is and go find it and like have a mental map of what you want to do at the grocery store. 
Right. Yeah. You mean, you, you said being efficient and it's like, what kind of recipes are we going to make for the week? And like, yeah. and that things that like I've cooked more now than I have in like the last seven years of my life. What is the thing that you've made that you're the most proud of? Um, actually I made this Negroni for the first time ever. Uh, cheers. cheers. Uh, we are drinking a Negroni. This is your, this is your bevy. Tell me what, what do you love about a good old Negroni? So this is actually me kind of experimenting as well, because I need to, I figured during quarantine, we can like expand on different recipes, different cocktails and whatnot. Normally I'll just drink like wine. I'll have like vodka, La Croix or yes. whatever, even like Jack and diet. Sometimes that's a standard one. Love so it. I'm trying to branch out as well. So I initially planned on making a blood orange Negroni. Oh. Um, so I bought blood oranges during one of my times at the grocery store. And then I went to make this, they've gone bad. So I just have standard orange slice in here, which is oh, it's pretty good. Well, you beat me because I forgot the orange slice, but okay. Let's take uh let's toast. Let's toast. Cheers. What do you want to, what do you want to toast to? Um, toast to, um, moving forward and going on and, and uh, continuing on with life as normally as we possibly can right now yeah to new beginnings okay and great. to all the healthcare workers of course mm -hmm. yes of course. everybody on the front really lines and, and essential work cheers all right That's what do you think good. of it do you like it i like it my boyfriend's obsessed with negronis he just like drinks them all the time so i'm like all right i'm gonna learn how to do this and then of course as soon as i look to make it i'm like oh you forgot the orange old-fashioned Cause this is different from an old fashioned. Different from. But old I think fashion. they both have orange slices. I think I, I made know. it right, but a one ounce gin, one ounce uh, Campari or whatever it's called. Campari. 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 Okay. One ounce uh, sweet vermouth. Yes. Yeah. And then, so you're supposed to take the um, the lemon slice, rim the glass with it, and then put in. So you get like orange essence. Ah, the essence is the key. Okay, there. that's the next step. Yeah. That's the next step. Okay. And it does make a big difference. It makes like. It really adds like a nice, it's a nice like summer cocktail, I think. It is. I mean, it's pretty light. Summer I mean, is coming stiff. and we're going to be inside for it. So yes, we are. Speaking of which, something else we want to toast to is um, for your show, WWE Backstage, CM Punk is coming back. Some yeah, he is. You guys yes. have great chemistry together. What are you most looking forward to about having him back? Um, I just, I think it's time. I mean, him and I have been talking quite a bit leading up to this and there's so much going on in the world of wrestling. So I'm really excited to hear his take on everything. He obviously has a, a pretty unique take compared uh, to the rest of us. So hearing his opinions and letting him just go off and do his CM Punk thing, do those pipe bomb moments. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to get back together and to be able to do one of these sessions. And it's fun to see uh, your friends for a little bit and, talk about some wrestling, which is like the cool thing about doing backstage anyways. It's really just talking about wrestling with my friends. So it's a pretty good situation. That's awesome. And that's what we're about yeah. to do. We're going to talk about wrestling with my friend Renee Young coming up after this. We're drinking and banking little Negroni action. We'll see. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back in to Drinks with Thinks. I'm JSP. We got Renee Young, WWE broadcaster on Fox, and we're sipping Negronis. And I wanted to let you know, you can't really see it, but this cup, this is especially for you. It's all street signs in Toronto. 
No way! Where did you get that? My friend gave it to me. We got a little Gerard University Adelaide front, oh, you know, a piece of home because we got. That's so great! I Canadian, love that. Canadians here. That's like Canadians. We just get each other, and we're gonna we do that later on. So yeah. Just, just yes. Sort of okay. Like great. Anything. Um, but we mentioned <laughs> WrestleMania 36 was amazing this weekend i mean the numbers of the ratings are off the charts through tv digital so many non-fans are fans now because it was like the thing to watch before we get into everything like how did how was wwe able to just like pull this off number one from like a health standpoint and just like from the world where we're all shut in but they were able to still get up get out and do this well, okay, so I've been home for the past few weeks, so I actually wasn't a part of any of WrestleMania. So I got to, for the first time in like eight years, just watch WrestleMania as a fan, which was incredible. Um, but what I will say, I mean, so a lot of the stuff was pre-taped during the week that's been uh, made pretty available uh, knowledge to everybody that it was pre-taped and it's been in closed set. Stephanie McMahon came out and addressed the WWE Universe before both nights of WrestleMania, letting everyone know that they were closed sets, um, you know, medical tests were done and, and whatnot. So uh, most of the details of that, I actually don't know again, because I wasn't there. But what I will say is like WWE is like, anytime they have their back against the wall, they, they just knock it out of the park. And I think looking at what they did with WrestleMania, I mean, some of these matches and, and you can even attest to this. Like, could you imagine having to perform in front of nobody? Yeah. Let alone weird. the physical aspect of what they do and how much they rely on having a crowd there. And I think being able to see the talent really rise to that occasion and have these insane matches really do some like beautiful, intricate storytelling. And then having the Boneyard match, the Firefly Funhouse yeah. match, and seeing these creative sides of this like cinematic style of shooting matches. Uh, for WWE, I think a lot of people were a bit like skeptical of what it was going to be, how it was going to turn out. And I mean, as you just said, it's like people who maybe weren't fans before or were less familiar had a reason to become fans after that. I think just seeing everyone get to be creative and try to make something happen in really unfortunate and bizarre circumstances. And I couldn't be more proud to see what they did and what they pulled off and to be able to work alongside all those people. Yeah, you mentioned from experiences like that was so cool um, just for so many people to see those, you know, the Boneyard match was ridiculous Insane. And, and the Firefly Funhouse as well. I saw you tweeted like you you had no idea what to expect from the Firefly Funhouse. Like what was yeah. that like the thing that really stood out to you that you think would be maybe something that would transcend into other WrestleManias? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was a conversation that we had on uh, backstage earlier about talking about like, wow, is this going to be a, a version of wrestling that we're going to see moving forward of seeing matches done in this style? Is it a thing that only works for somebody like The Undertaker and AJ Styles? Is it going to work for other people? And I think coming off that first night of WrestleMania and closing it out with a boneyard match, and it was such a great way to end the first night. We're outside the, uh, the, uh, the performance center in Orlando. It just took people to a different place, but then... You know, afterwards, I'm like, man, what are they going to do for Fly Firefly Funhouse? 
I try saying Firefly Funhouse after yeah, drinking Negronis, by the way. Um, but then wondering what they were going to do with that. And like, was it going to be the same kind of thing? Was it going to be shot the same way? And then seeing that it was completely different, I think, um, and I don't know this, but it seemed to me like it was the perfect brainchild from Bray Wyatt. He's so creative and so hands-on when it comes to his character and comes to his matches and, and how he wants his stuff to, to be related to our audience. And it seemed to me like it was just this wild history of John Cena's history in WWE and seeing the things that he's done and looking at those different characters and uh, their history through WrestleMania. So yeah, I, I think for the Firefly Funhouse though, like it was just, it was, it felt like you were on like an acid trip. Yeah. I kept waiting, like, wait, is the match going to start? What's good? Am I, did I take like mushrooms or something? What's going on here? But it was like wild. So in that vein, like it feels as though WWE is can really be like so like there's no ceiling for it when you see None. stuff like that you're like okay whatever your crazy brainchild is like let's try to figure out how to pull it off and it's like almost seems like that's the challenge of it too of like coming up with something creative and then seeing if you can pull it off and then to be able to have it be as successful as both of those matches were i think um definitely opens up the doors for how we could see some other matches in the future. I think that it should be something that, um, you know, it's held off for special occasions. I don't yeah. think we want to see it all the time. Uh, I think it needs to be, uh, it needs to remain these very special matchups. Yeah. Cause then, uh, then it just becomes a bit pedestrian then. And you're yeah. like, oh, I'm used to this now. Exactly. Uh, you run out of ideas and then you reinvent it again. Another thing was Gronk that we saw, and he's the 24 7 champion now. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you make of like his character from this weekend? Like what he's now kind of like doing in WWE? I mean, again, you go back to looking at so somebody like Gronkowski, who is larger than life. He is so loud and such this like incredible uh, presence when he's out performing. And to see him come out having full energy but there's nobody there to reciprocate it. So that's got to be pretty tough for him um, to, to have to go out there and perform under these like bizarre circumstances. But if anyone can do it, I think it's him. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does when we get back to being in front of audiences and seeing when he actually starts to wrestle, whatever that's going to be, whenever that's going to be. If that, like, I don't know what that means. Right. Is he going to yeah. have full matches? I don't know. Because we've seen him at WrestleMania a few years ago. Um, when he tackled, I believe it was Jinder Mahal during the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal match. Uh, he jumped the barricade, got in the ring and whatnot, and then to see him win the 24-7 title. So I, he's perfect. I mean, I, I do think that he's, like, custom-made for WWE. I think he'll really thrive. Yeah, he'll be perfect. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, the no fans in, in these arenas and, and for the matches. And what did you learn? Like, you could hear some of the wrestlers, like, yelling stuff. Like, what, what did you learn about what they're capable of like what level almost did they have to go to to be able to to pull that energy from nowhere you know i one of the main matches that we talked about for that was um the triple threat ladder match for the tag team titles and it was um uh, Jimmy Uso, Kofi Kingston, and uh, John Morrison. And seeing what those guys pulled off, and again, I've never wrestled a match, so I can't tell you from that standpoint of what that's like to perform at that level. But watching ladder matches and knowing the history of ladder matches and knowing just how brutal those are, you would imagine that you really need to rely on um, adrenaline and, again, feeding off the crowd, feeding off that moment. So I think for them to have to like really dig deep and um, – 
just rely on their own skill set. We talked to Charlotte Flair on backstage and that's what she said. She was like, you know, it was when you're out there, you can only rely on your own skills. It really lets you know just how good you are or aren't and how you can thrive in those situations. And, you know, another great match that I saw during WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title. I mean, those two are like wrestlers, wrestlers. And to see the match that those guys pulled off and the the story that they were able to tell during their match, uh, that was like chef's kiss. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, that is awesome to hear. I have, um, I have some more questions I want to ask you about it all, but it is, I, I got to say, like, I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm like a casual fan of this kind of stuff. I don't know the ins and outs and I like love seeing it. I think it's so cool. I'm like, man, I gotta do like, get into this more. Cause like, I love, <laughs> I love fighting. I love everything. It's perfect. Over the yeah. Top. I love yeah. the extraness about it. Uh, but I, I will relate. Like it feels as though these, these wrestlers are almost like what we experience in broadcasting or you don't have any crowd and you have to kind of like be up for it versus right. I guess it's kind of like when I do an open mic and like no one's there and you're trying to like make no one. Right. Happy. Like, Oh my God, how stressful. Right. Yeah. That's how stressful. Well also like, you know, I think if you're talking about like an open mic situation and you know, I did an open mic many, many years ago. Um, and I, at that point, was only used to doing, like, TV auditions, movie auditions, whatever, which is kind of going into your lines, where when I went to go do a, an open mic, I didn't account for people laughing or people not laughing uh, yeah. and what that reaction is and what you do. So I imagine it's the same for for these superstars to be in the ring, and normally they're they're waiting for the crowd to react to something, so not to have that and then knowing how to adjust on the fly. I mean, we always say in WWE, if you can make it in WWE, you can kind of make it anywhere because yes. you have to learn how to adapt in every single situation. Get the weirdest things thrown at us, and it's like, ready to go. We're live. we got to do this. Oh God, um, so it's always, it's always super impressive to me to see the way people adapt and, and rise to the occasion. And that taps into your improv background. We, yeah. are, we have so many more things that we want to talk about. we got to take a quick time out, but we'll be back with more on Drinks with Banks and Renee. Hey guys, welcome back in to Drinks with Banks. I'm JSB, we're drinking and banking with the one and only Renee Young, WWE broadcaster, FS1, Fox, everything. We're drinking some Negronis a la Chef Renee. And yes. we were just, you just mentioned before I went to break that you did an open mic years ago. Please, uh, you just drop that one out there. How did it go? Discuss the comedy career of just so, stand up. I did an open mic when I was 19. Um, so I was living in Toronto. Um, I first got involved in ever wanting to do entertainment, any aspect by. I don't, it, it's not that I wanted to be a comedian. Like I did not want to be a stand-up comedian. That was not the goal, but it seemed like all of the women that I admired so much had all done stand-up. So I'm like, crap, do I have to go do stand-up now? You know, from like, I mean, Chelsea Handler really was like the person that made me feel like I was like, oh, maybe I would like to get into hosting because her show just resonated with me so much. So I was like, damn, Chelsea Handler does stand-up. Sarah Silverman does stand-up. Uh, you know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, not so much, but you know, that was, that was sort of 
where I wanted to go. So I felt pressure that I was like, well, if I really want to like cut my teeth and figure some stuff out, it seems that I need to go do stand up. Um, I mean, I, I first came up from doing um, all the classes at Second City, blah, 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 uh, not really knowing what the next move was going to be auditioning. And, you know, you kind of hit the pavement and trying to figure out what the next thing is. How can I hone my skills, get better at something? So I went to Yuck Yucks and did their open mic. And it was a very nerve wracking because I remember calling you have to call during the day and put your name on the list on a voicemail thing. And then they call you back and let you know if you've been booked on the night or not. So I finally, I get the call back that I was booked to go do stand up, And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I go do it. So I didn't tell anybody. I told nobody. I had nobody there with me. Um, cause I assumed that it was going to be mortifying. Um, though I also went into it with like very like blind teenage confidence where I was just like, Oh, it's fine. Whatever. It's, it's not going to make or break me. Let's just go out and do it. Um, and it went fine. I mean, you only do five minutes, but I remember doing like a shot, maybe two to, uh, to kind of get your nerves ready to go out there on the stage. Um, but yeah, I think my jokes were like, I felt the need to be very crass early on. I always wanted to make like fart jokes and like swear a bunch. Cause that's what, that's the, that's what the people that I love were doing. We're like, yeah, <laughs> it's like so stupid. It was very like juvenile, dumb uh, jokes, but whatever. I survived the five minutes. And then the guy that worked at Yuck Yucks, he came up to me. It wasn't like the Yuck Yucks guy. But um, one of like the managers, or whatever, he's like, man, we need more women in comedy. It would be great if you kept coming back. And obviously I did not see that out, but I was, I was really proud of what I wrote at the time. I can't really remember what any of the jokes are, but I remember working on it and like sending it to a few friends to read and whatever. So it, it was fun to work on. And I, I feel so removed from that stuff now because I don't write stuff like that anymore. But at the time I was doing it a lot more. I was working on like, this really small cable network show. And I was actually like writing jokes for one of their like late night shows. The show that I was hosting at the time had a little bit more of like a comedy spin to it. But even looking back at that, it's like the interviews I did again, just trying to be like crass and like trying to get a reaction out of people was like, not good TV. <laughs> no, I mean, not that's good. Great. Like you're doing, you were doing it a long time ago. Like people are trying to do now in the, in a way. And yeah. I would have thought like, if you got good feedback like that, that you'd want to keep going. I think it was just that it wasn't really my goal. I didn't want to be a stand-up comic. So I, I had more fun working on the shows that I was working on and producing those. And like, that was like, it's different in Canada too. Maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it just has been since my transition to the U S but when I was in Canada, I felt like everything was a little bit more hands-on. You had to write your stuff. You had to produce your stuff. You had to know how to do absolutely everything. And that was the thing that I felt more gratification from, from doing was working on those shows and having segments that worked and developing relationships with people and being like proud of a show that you made from absolutely nothing. So I, I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it more. I wanted to have a show. I didn't want to be a comic. I wanted to have a show. So I really focused more on doing that. Yeah. I totally resonate with that. Cause I did stand up last year and then found myself like, cause I was not working at the time and found myself doing so much of it almost just to have something to get up for every day. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to write and I'm going to go to an open mic and it was the same people every day because it's comics there. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm trying the jokes out again. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. with a gutter right now. But in the end of the day, I was like, I really want to do this as a tool for shows. But 
I we I mentioned this before, but like I knew about you so long ago when you're on Bite TV and you were. That's really- what I'm talking about. Was when I was working for Bite. That's the show I'm talking about. I was doing that, yeah, a million years ago. And it was great. Like you, well, you are. You've always been the same person on air as you are off air, and it came through Thanks. so much doing when you did that show. Because I, when you left, I auditioned for that show, and I remember you did. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It was, it was such a weird experience because I researched so much of what you did. And like, I, I vividly remember like segments you did, like wakeboarding and like all these extreme yeah. things. And you're so funny and you were so like, your, your personality just like shone through so much. I remember being like this young reporter, like, I don't even like, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. And like, <laughs> like a casting call for your job. It was, there was like 30 of us. And we had to go in and, and like interview Randy Couture in a way being like, hi, I'm Julie Stewart Binks. Like, welcome oh on. Oh my God. That is so funny. But you know, that, I mean, that, that was, that was such an experience that was, I think really helped me to figure out what my tone was going to be. And no one was breathing down my neck. No one was telling me, not that people weren't telling me what was good and what was bad, but I was really left to my own devices to create a show. And like when I was doing ripping it and lipping it, I would book those segments. I would call the people and set them all up, figure out what those shots were going to be. I mean, obviously we had, you know, our crew that we worked with there, but it was super bare bones. I went like skydiving at one point. I was getting paid like 50 bucks an episode. I'm like, oh, where did I go? Gotta get this show going. Like doing the stupidest shit. Going to do roller derby. What? Oh my God. Who did I think I was? But it it was fun. It's exactly like who you are though now, right? You're doing wrestling. Well, and that's the thing. And like, that's sort of the thing that happened when this gig with WWE came up and that happened when I was working at the score and they're like, Hey, we, they had the rights to WWE and they wanted to start doing a post wrestling show. Funny that that's exactly the gig that I have now. Um, but getting back into the world of, of WWE and I'm like, Oh, cool. So like, I'm down to like play some sports. I'm down to the theatrics of things. It really has all of the things that I'm interested in, as like you were saying too, it's like, it's so over the top. It can be so like entertaining and ridiculous, but then also like the insane athleticism that's involved with it. So it just seemed like it was the perfect spot for me to land. Right. I still don't get it in a way, like how it actually works, but <laughs> the guy who works at my gym is like a underground wrestler here. So he's like helping me. Like, I was just like, uh, what what is this like i don't get it but yeah we were talking to you and we got a whole lot more you want to get into guys stay with us we're drinking and banking with renee young wwe it's VR. negroni time hey guys welcome back Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. We got Renee Young from Fox WWE and we got our Negronis. We're sipping on them very modestly right now. We have to, but we're, we're doing drinks with Binks with stiff cocktails, but I've also made a charcuterie tray um, because that's also, by the way, party. <laughs> Not a big deal, but um, just some cured meats and nice cheeses. Oh my God, that's so cute. And a berry compote. I love that. Is this like quarantine Renee or is this normal Renee would do that? I mean, I always love a charcuterie, but this was a bit of a special experience. I know. I figured I might want a snack. You can't drink a Negroni on an empty stomach. Well, I'm just the floor. that theory out right now. So. 
as our last guest, Molly McGrath, told me, I have a different type of DNA when it comes to drinks, which is <laughs> not healthy. Uh, but that's, I guess, a little bit of the Canadian Canadian blood we got going on. That's now. how we do. We know how to throw down some cocktails. That's and how like, we do it. So we do keep it on the straight and narrow. Just keep it on the straight out. This is nothing. This is a, this is like morning coffee right now. Yeah. Yeah, not a big deal. Um, we were discussing we were discussing wrestling, WrestleMania, your comedic influences, and I've been getting more into wrestling. And from your vantage point, you've been in it for so long. You've been covering it. You've been on Total Divas. You're doing all this stuff. What's the biggest misconception about wrestling and also working in wrestling? Oh, gosh. Biggest misconception. Um, you know, I think this is just sort of stuck in my head, um, coming off of WrestleMania, but I feel like for the longest time, um, sports entertainment, uh, WWE has got the rap of like, Oh, it's like bad acting or whatever. You watch that boneyard match and try to say that to me again. Like there's no way I just kind of going back to what I said earlier on the show is like, I think the talent in WWE is so like, it's so deep. It's crazy how many people come in there. Like we've got, so Bianca Belair, who I'm a huge fan of. I feel like I talk about her all the time, but she just made her debut on raw from the NXT roster at WrestleMania alongside her husband, uh, Montez Ford and street profits. She's such a badass of like, insane rep, insane wrestler former track athlete she makes her own gear uh like she does all of her own stuff it's it, the, everyone just has these like endless list of um skills that they're good at people that are like insane at like i'm just trying from like the girls here but like they know how to do their makeup they know how to do their hair they know how to put together these like they make yeah, some of them literally are sewing their own gear and then like have shredded bodies I have like the, these like beautiful, lovely personalities. Like they just have, they're so well-rounded. It's crazy. Who do you think would be uh, a great athlete, male or female now that could be a wrestler someday? Ooh. Well, I think the common one that we come to is like, I think Conor McGregor would thrive. Um, I think he just has obviously like the attitude, the personality for it. I think he would fit in, in a heartbeat. Um, I'm still waiting for Shaq to get that ball roll. Oh, he'd be great. I've been waiting for that for a while. He came out during a battle royal in WrestleMania when we were in Dallas, which I think was 31 or 32. Um, and he came out during that battle royal. I remember I was hosting uh, the WrestleMania kickoff show, which we were like way up in the like the rafters at, uh, at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And Shaq came out and I was like, Oh my God. Like he's always been like my, like I've always wanted to interview Shaq. I yeah. love Shaq. So I go like racing down. I'm like, please, like dot com, somebody roll on this. Let me interview Shaq. I was like so stoked to see him there. And then kind of kept waiting to see if like Shaq and the big show were gonna have a match, like what was gonna go on there. It's not come to fruition yet. Uh, but I think, you know, Shaq would be awesome in there. I would love to see that. I mean, hell, we've seen Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had lots of basketball stars step what into about, uh, WWE. What about a female athlete? Who do you think would be? Who do you think you'd want to see there? I think Paige Van Sant would be cool. I would like to see her maybe step in there. I, I, I don't know if she has any interest or what her situation is, but I think Paige Van Sant would be really cool. Um, gosh, who else? I mean, I keep just kind of going to like fighters on this one. Know, it just yeah. seems like the natural transition. 
Um, I don't know. Who do you think? Is there anyone that comes to mind? I was just imagining when I was just asking that, I'm like, oh, I thought of broadcasters. I was like, I wonder who I'd want to see in there. And then I was like, Diana Taurasi would be. Megan Rapino though, in there. I think she'd be good. Or yeah, Megan Rapino would be cool. Well, uh, like I think Ashlyn Harris would be really good. Okay. Uh, goalkeeper for the U.S. Women's National Team because she's her she's video. She's yeah, she's, she's really something. She is a big for her. Um, sad she's taken. Um, <laughs> also, her videos when the women won the World Cup were wild. Like she yeah. got glasses. She's like, you know, we talk about like that big personality. I think yeah, great, um, great fashion too. I'm really into her fashion. And that's the thing, right? We're like, it's not just fighting. It's like the whole aura. No, it's like the whole package. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I there's so many stars that come off of that U.S. Women's Soccer Team too that. I think could be able to step in there. Um, what about yeah. like some like WNBA players? They're like, I don't like, even know. Players, yeah, well, Serena Williams. <laughs> oh my God, imagine like Serena Williams versus like Naomi. That would be awesome. <laughs> I will watch that a thousand times. Serena Williams rematch in hell. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that would be incredible. Be incredible. Um, okay, well, we've got a lot of ideas here. I think I'm going to get into like the executive <laughs> status. <laughs> we've got it booked. We're ready to go. For this, uh, quickly, but we we have to go to break in a second. But I know you obviously are quarantining with your husband right now. Yep. And have you guys thought of any ideas of like, hey, we could create some hashtag content of us being together? So we did do one thing. Um, Sean Spears, um, he tagged me in something of like the, the toilet paper challenge, which you're supposed to have a hockey stick, which I didn't have. I have a ringette stick. Ooh. It does not even apply more, though. Even more Canadian. Canadian is all hell. <laughs> but at least with a, with a hockey stick, you've got the blade on the end of the stick. So you can, you're supposed to keep the, the um, toilet paper roll in the air as much as you can. When you have a flat stick, you can't get that far. But anyways, I did that. And then my husband came out and super kicked me. Um, oh so we, we were going to maybe do some more super kick hashtag content, but um, that died pretty quick. So maybe not. You guys got You have like a show right there at your house. <laughs> we have the show. Um, I just don't think that we have the ambition for the show. Yeah. That's it. That's very key in this like quarantine yeah. set. Like I spent three hours trying to do a TikTok last night. And then I was like... <laughs> can't complete this right now it's a lot i did of ask him that i was like can we learn to dance and do tiktok yeah. and he was like hell no That's he shut that down very i don't quickly. know how these people have like full families that are like yeah <laughs> no oh my there's no way my family would my mom would do it just because she was like she's down for kind of whatever but yeah i thought for a second i might be able to convince my husband to do a tiktok with me and um that got shut down very yeah, quickly. A little off-brand for him, but you know what? I depending on. I, mean, how I think that's where you can thrive. It's people aren't expecting it. No. What if he nailed the like savage dance? It, oh, is that even what we call it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. That like the ratchet one or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, the savage, whatever they do. I don't Every know. Every time I open up TikTok, I go on the deepest dive of like, yes, I can do that. I can do that. I'm <laughs> super weirdo. I'm like, this is. Or they have like the slowed down dumb version yeah. so you can actually learn it. I'm like, wait, do I have this in me? Maybe this is where I show people my true dance skills. I don't know. This is the thing. Like, this is, this is set up for you and I and all of us Canadian weirdos to succeed because like we're doing yes. this stuff by ourselves anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
film it now. This um, is our lane. Let us thrive in it. Everybody else, back up. Our time to shine. All right. Damn we right. Shine. We gotta take a quick break, but we got a whole lot more to come on drinks with things. Stay tuned. Grab a grab another round if you need. We'll be back. What's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Hey guys, welcome back into Drinks with Banks. We're drinking and banking a little Negroni with Renee Young, Fox, WWE broadcaster. And we were discussing TikTok and making <laughs> TikToks or yes. whatever, because it actually is a nice little activity during 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 the queue, is what I'm now calling it. <laughs> uh, you mentioned though that your your husband John didn't want to do anything with it. No. Um, yeah, as most or not. my boyfriend's like, can you please not start a TikTok machine? account because yeah. now I have to like film you or also watch your content. Um, it's not, I feel not like even if I open the TikTok, TikTok app, I have to like be in a different room. I feel like if he even hears like the music, I'm like, it's a little embarrassing. I don't yeah. want him to know that I'm even interested in it, but I am a little bit interested in it. <laughs> yeah, we all do. And now we're like, oh, you know, this is what we have to do. We have yeah. to be super productive in the quarantine and like God. create a it's new a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, big. What kind of content are we putting out? Am I staying relevant? Am I doing whatever? It's like, oh my god, can we just like have more negronis and relax? Honestly, what I think when this thing's all over, people are gonna forget. <laughs> this is gonna be like, wow, did I black out and like something happened? And then go back to the rest of the lives and be like, sure, cool, you made that TikTok, but like we gotta do real work now. Yeah, like, now, <laughs> now, yeah, now you're actually being paid to do something, so you better figure it out real quick. Hope you had fun doing that. Um, <laughs> You guys, uh, and I obviously read this on the internet, but you guys got married like pretty impromptu, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually our third wedding anniversary tomorrow. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we, we got married um, three years ago um, in our backyard. So we, we were in Reno. Um, my husband, he was doing a live event with WWE and I was up there with him. And, uh, we were, yeah, we were, we had like the day off. I think we were like maybe a little bit hungover or whatever. And we're like, what should we do? And we went for a walk <laughs> and then ended up at the courthouse and we're like, let's just get our wedding certificate or our marriage certificate now, because uh, obviously you have to have it be legal when you just go do like a random Vegas wedding. So we figured that when we were going to do it, that we would go to like one of the weird little chapels, do one of the drive through yeah. something like that. But it turns out that not all of them are actually 24 hours. Um, so obviously the, the marriage certificate is burning a bit of a hole in my pocket. And I'm like, okay, can we actually like get married soon? Or we're like, when are we going to do that? Let's go. Um, so yeah, we, we, we got home. We had been in um, Zion. We were up there. It was after WrestleMania. And we were just like taking some time. He, we ended up having to come home a bit early. And then uh, he's giving me a stink eye right now. <laughs> Let me tell our story of romance. Okay. Yeah all of the juicy details and um anyways it was like one in the morning 
And there was a little, there's called like the little, little chapel of the West, I think it's called. Uh, but they are one of the ones that's not 24 hours, but it's like a super cute little spot. There's like, Oh, we should do it there. They weren't open. So we were like, well, I mean, we're ready to go. We should do this. So we ended up going on Yelp and we found a pastor on there called pastor Pete. And he came uh, to our house. So we called him and they're like, have you guys been drinking? We're like, well, yeah, duh, but yeah, like, like, we know what we're doing, we're fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first of all, judgmental. And uh, the, it was his wife, the pastor's wife was on the phone and yeah, it was one of the mornings we woke them up and they sounded a little bit annoyed. And he was like, well, if you guys are serious, I can be there in like 20 minutes. We're like, hell yeah. Wow. So he came, but we needed to have a witness. Um, and at the time we only had our bulldog, which does not count. Apparently they did not find that funny either. Um, so we called one of our friends and, uh, our friend and pastor Pete, they both showed up at about the same time and we got married in our backyard. It was like done in like 30 minutes. It was great. Wow. Oh my yeah. God. Concepts to being married was like, it was a very quick process. 90 minutes proposal. Like, oh, he says it was 90 minutes proposal to concept. Oh, to consummation. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was saying. <laughs> 250 bucks door to door, man. 250 bucks door to door. We got wow. it done. Yeah, 250 bucks. People should be getting married that way. Who needs to spend tens of thousands of dollars on these extravagant weddings when, like, our lives are busy enough as it is. Like, we don't need to coordinate getting our family all down here and having a big party, blah, blah, blah. Let's just, like, do our own thing. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, 250 bucks. Cheers to you and to John. Yeah, congratulations. Cheers your anniversary this is we're this cheersing is us over here if you want to <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i know so i was gonna tell you there's so many people that are having to like put off all their weddings now and they're like i know people are live streaming them they people are. are doing like live stream weddings um uh some friends of mine that work at wwe in production they did that yeah it's very it's crazy Oh, was there, I got to ask you though, when you guys did the 90 minutes from getting married to banging, were you like, um, maybe should we put this off? Like we're waking past no. do this tomorrow. It was like, we got to do it right now. Like we're, it's one of those, like we're doing it now. Well, we, yeah. I mean, we were like all in, there was no hesitation or any like, Oh, should we like let our family know? We're like, no, we'll let them know after. I mean, we have been together for like almost four years at that point. So like, our, you know, our family all knew that we were like eventually going to get married. No one was like, no one was like totally bummed that they weren't there. It's fine. I think that's the new, that's maybe the post quarantine way. Just being like these weddings are so extravagant. People are going into like massive debt over them. Yes. Oh, like, I don't understand why people would spend so much money on a wedding, go into debt for it, like use that money and put a down payment on a house or just put money in your savings or whatever. But for people to spend money like that just seems crazy to me to like fly people in or like, even if you're doing a destination wedding or whatever, like it just seems absurd to me to spend that much money. It's crazy. And bachelorette parties and stuff like that are getting a little. Oh my god! No, I don't like leaving my house either. I don't want to go anywhere. Good thing about the quarantine because we ain't. I know. We are thriving. Thriving. Ladies, okay. We are gonna take a quick time out. We'll be back with a whole lot more with Renee Young from Fox WWE.
Hey guys, we are here on Drinks with Thinks. I'm with Renee Young from Fox WWE. She was Renee Paquette before, and there's so many things with that's like a whole show in itself. Formerly known as, I know it's crazy. I have like a million different names. It's yes, I know that, and that is something that the next time we get you on Drinks with Thinks, we'll discuss. But we are both Canadian. I have my Toronto glass for you because we're we're from the six. What's mm-hmm. something we're both in the States now, like what's something that you notice now about Canadians that is different from Americans, almost in terms of personality? Um, well, one thing that I will say that I noticed um, specifically when like my mom and dad are down here, they love to tell people that they're Canadian. They <laughs> love it. They like lead with it. My So I was at like the, I was at like Target with my mom. And someone's like, oh my God, you're so nice. She's like, it's because I'm Canadian. I was like, what? <laughs> what? She, like, she really leads the conversation with telling people that she's Canadian. Um, I would say, you know, obviously like the politeness, I think we do fall into some of like our stereotypes, like the quirky, weird. Oh, another thing that I did really notice is that like sarcasm tends, to, sarcasm and like self-depreciation falls on blind eyes here, like deaf ears. People do not like it. No. It doesn't like connect. When I first started working here, people are like, oh my God, you're like really hard on yourself. I'm like, I'm kidding. Yeah. But like, like people didn't understand like self-depreciation, like that sarcasm that we all have. That's very scary. Yeah. I had an agent once be like, can you not do that? Like, that's not. Yeah. I was like, that's. I know. It's like um, part of our charm. Let me do it. Yeah. Like that's us. Okay. We don't have a whole lot of time. One more thing. You are so good at broadcasting many different things like you do wwe but what else would you want to do like a cooking show. cooking i would want to do a cooking show but i also like let's be honest here i want that kelly ripa gig that's what i really want Wouldn't who doesn't you're so you know, give me that 25 mil a year baby let's go you'd be I love doing like daily shows. I love that like sort of like variety concept of being able to like cover some of the daily topics, go do a weird like workout segment, go interview a celebrity, maybe have like a cooking segment. Like that variety hour kind of thing would, would be like my favorite. Oh, so good situation. at that. I'm not just saying that because I am got a couple of empty stomachs <laughs> here. But yeah, I think that you should branch out and do that kind of stuff as well as you're now current manager. We got to go to Thank break. But we're going to discuss more about Renee when we come back. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Guys, we've had an awesome time drinking and binking with Renee Young from Fox WWE Broadcaster. There's a lot of more, a lot of more things I wanted to talk to her about. There's a lot of more things. You know, music influences and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do that. We're going to do that later because what else are we going to do in the queue? We're going to drink and we're going to bank. And Renee, you have Backstage coming up on yep. Tuesdays, 11 p.m. CM Punk returns. Yes, Guys, ma'am. That. And WrestleMania WWE is coming back in May because... You guys are have found the next dimension of escaping the Rona. Um, Damn right. We have had an awesome time with you here. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I've had my Negroni. I have a charcuterie tray. Things are working out. I feel good about it. You're going to go work out. 
after getting a little tipsy. That's apparently the plan. That is what we do on Drinks with Thanks. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.